0: From the Ron McKeevery Podcast Network. I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Quinlan talks to us about how he's been able to build a prolific strength and conditioning program from scratch, how he's able to keep multiple dynastic championship teams focused on growth and improvement, and how he's been able to communicate failure and its lessons with up-and-coming coaches. All this on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's global director of performance and education, Coach Mike Bewley. Coach Bewley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after
1: 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was to try to get a crack into this this profession. And uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase
0: their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk. Today, I'm joined by coach Joe Quinlan. He's currently the head strength and conditioning coach at Northwest Missouri State. Uh, And prior to this, I mean, he was he's a two time national championship champion as a player on the Bearcat football team. He's also been fortunate enough to coach four NCAA football national championships and three NCAA men's basketball national championships and he's produced numerous other strength and conditioning coaches throughout his time there in Northwest. Uh, he's a father, he's a husband, he does it all. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Quinlan.
1: Thank you for having me. That's always a good time to talk to you. For sure.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about what your role is at Northwest Missouri State?
1: Yeah, um, I give the title director, but it's basically just co-workers with all my interns and GAs. So basically we have... Um, our varsity sports, there's 15. I mean, if you count indoor-outdoor-type season-type stuff, um, but it's me. And now I just started to have an assistant now, a partial pay assistant, right. and then we have two graduate assistants. But we overlook all those teams, uh, mostly the weight room. Um, some of our bigger teams and where the coaches allow us to will be on the field doing more stuff that way in season. But out of season, um, we do basically full weight room and conditioning uh, for most of our, you know, all of our fall sports and then depending on where they're at, uh, in summertime, our spring sports, we'll get them mostly in the weight room. Uh, and then as we work through the season, uh, in the fall, we get all those teams back and kind of build up their, uh, communicating with mostly on what they want to do. So
0: definitely. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to talk with Adam long last week, uh, and, you know, before you got there, essentially, it was just, wasn't it just a a strength coach who was also a football coach and there there wasn't too much going on. So what was the process of getting you there as only a full or only as a strength conditioning coach and then getting GAs and now a partial (laughs) A assistant? I know that's a process. Yeah.
1: And that's why early on, um, I thought it was almost easier to step into this role just because, uh, not having anybody before me. The football coach uh, was our D line coach, mm-hmm. um, and they took football, and then the GAs kind of took everybody else. So uh, the other sports teams really, even uh, basic workouts a couple days a week, they were happy with that. So mm-hmm. kind of building it was actually easier than I thought. We had two GAs at the time, um, and they were used to kind of running some of those other teams anyway. So, mm-hmm very beneficial that way, stepping into it, but building from there. And I mean, you know, I mean, I started in uh, June of 2008 and even from 08 to now, it, how much our profession has changed, um, just by tracking data and all these different things. Um, but the more I found out is the more you give to each team, the more they want to, which mm. is great. I mean, yeah. they're hungry to get in here and get better, uh, but it also puts a lot more, uh, time into it for my staff. So, um, building to that full-time assistant uh, was huge for us. We've been working on it. Uh, COVID year obviously didn't help us, but, right. um, kind of, we are hoping to get it two years ago and, um, being able that we work with 450 athletes. That's one of the things that I, I've been pushing for a while. So, um, our athletic department, our athletic director was very supportive of that and, uh, had, and, you know, always bouncing ideas of what's the next thing we want. Obviously, if we can get good people in here to help out, that's better than any piece of equipment I'll ever have. So, mm. um, I'd take care of those people um, and get them in in front of people and motivate them. So, um, but it's, it's just a process, but it's also the nature of our profession. You want to, you want those kids to be wanting to get in the weight room rather than uh, finding places to hide and get away from here. So.
0: I mean, you nailed it on the head and maybe, and maybe it was just cause I, I was younger, but when I was at Metro state, I was there for eight years and I think it wasn't until year five or six where I thought the same thing. I was like, I'm done buying all the new fancy equipment. Like I don't need it. I need people and I need good people in here to help out. And I think that's, I think it's instrumental. And what do you look for when you're looking to hire somebody on your staff? That's what you would you know, deem good or like that would work yeah. in that culture.
1: Yeah. Usually um, I don't really, reference wise, everybody has great references. I look at, uh, first and I learned this the hard way too, with interviewing people is I looked at references and I looked at, took at some of the people that had been bigger places. Um, but now again, same as we're in the professional, while if you have a lot of big time names on your resume, that doesn't mean you have a lot of responsibility. It just means you've been at those places and see how they do it. So I like smaller school. I mean, we're, you know, Midwest. We're a couple hours from Omaha, Des Moines and mm-hmm. Kansas city. So, yep. uh, the typical athlete we're going to run into here is going to be more small town. And so my biggest thing is if I can sit and talk to somebody on the phone, um, I mean, I still remember sitting and meeting you for the first time in rapid city. Yep. We sat in talked for an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. those type of things where, um, if I can communicate with you, if I'm going to sit in an office with you for the next two years, um, even if you don't understand stuff, mm-hmm. um, I, to learn and so I think the biggest thing is looking to how they can communicate with you and how the ease of the conversation is because if that's not good right away uh, the next two and a half years or two years is going to be a little challenging that way so that's my biggest thing uh, then I look at resumes and just um, kind of look at obviously I'd like them to have some teams that they worked with one-on-one rather than assisted with because for us um, and I don't know if this is a question coming up I put a lot on my uh, graduate assistants they're basically taking teams they're meeting with coaches so mm-hmm. right when they start here i'll sit in the meetings with them um and get them to know the coaches and help them with programming and talk to them about stuff if they need that uh, but for the most part you're in the you're in that you know foxhole with the coach if there's something mm-hmm. goes wrong you know i'll back you up and we'll talk through it of how to communicate with coaches but that's your team and so it, it puts them into a role of they're buying into it rather than them doing my program and different things, so I've really uh, that on the resume, especially if they have some experience working one on one with a group, you know, of ten or more people, um, is very big for me, just because of my time management um, and how we work groups in and out of our main weight room too. So those would be, I uh, probably my biggest couple things. So
0: no, I, that's important, and I think there's a lot of parallels to how. Both of our programs have been ran in the past because I'm the same way. And even it wasn't even GAs; they just were a second second semester intern. And I'd be like, "Look, you're that's your team. You handle that the head coach and that team. Like this is all on you, and we'll help them out." But I think it helps. I think it builds the confidence in in the the GA or in that coach knowing that hey, you know, I'm gonna make a mistake. Coach Q will help me out. But like you know this is, you know, all on me. And I think that's good. It throws them into the fire. Now, how do you handle that GA that let's say they messed up, you know, cause we've all done that before, especially with the, the up and coming coaches, if they, no matter how much bravado or confidence they have, you know, mistakes happen. How do you guide them through that process if they're on your staff?
1: Yeah. Um, with the athletes or,
0: just individually,
1: like sure, yeah, end. a little bit, I mean, a, a little bit, B. yeah. I mean, that's where we will have uh, individual meetings with them, and I'll talk to them, I'll pull them aside when I see them do something that I probably wouldn't approve of. Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's the small things, obviously. If there's you know things that are inappropriate with athletes, yeah, that's not flying anyway, but yeah. those small things, uh, it's more just I think owning up to it is the biggest thing, and telling your athletes, I think, um, a lot of young coaches in the you know not just strength and conditioning but also in athletics when they mess up they don't own up to it and i think um this is one of the things is you know if, same as your kids if you if you never make mistakes or own up to those things they feel like they have to be perfect all the time and that's impossible so i think showing that human side a little bit and saying you know you know i messed this up this is something i did or um it's, it's humbling a little. And I think that's a big thing for young coaches to go through. They always think they have to be right and they have to do things perfect by the book where, man, if there's a three week cycle and we suck after that, and you know, mm-hmm. numbers are going to yeah. be like, listen guys, I'm going to back this off and pull this out. This is where I felt like we did something wrong. It's on me. Um, we're going to, you know, change stuff up and go from here and it gets them to buy into it too, to make them mm-hmm. understand looking at the numbers and tracking data that way too. So. Um, but that's the biggest thing is just on an up to your mistake. And the way society is now, sometimes it's tough to tell a kid that, but Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just that humbling to understand it's not the end of the world. Once you make one mistake, cause she's, I've been doing it a while and there's a day goes by that I don't make a mistake. I'm pretty happy with that. So (laughs) I, I, and it becomes real too. And I think in our profession, man, I think we have a lot of kids that come and talk to us and you know, um, trust what we're saying, where if they can say, man, this guy can actually step back and own up to his mistakes. They, they take some of that, um, any type of, you know, information or uh, anything that we can help them with in life a little more serious too. So.
0: Nice. And yeah, you know, that's, it, it, like you said, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think failure is probably one of the best teachers, as long as you are able to look at it and be like, all right, it's time to fix it and, and go from there. Now and I, I've talked to your previous staff on, on this podcast and just in general, and there's something in the water there at Maryville where it's just, you guys win and you win at a lot of things. What's that culture like, or what's the culture you try to establish with your athletes specifically when you guys, are known for being winners. It's just, you know, within the last ten years, you have what seven championships, and then you're three of the last four in in, in basketball. How do you rein in that ego and make sure they stay focused on the task at hand?
1: Yeah, you know, I um, one of our biggest things, and even I mean, those are our bigger programs, football and basketball, as far as mm-hmm. winning. But um, I think it's the same with any program, even our ones that have struggled, because mm-hmm. we have upcoming programs. I feel really good about. Um, but we try not to compare them to any of the previous years. Um, Mm. We're our own team. We're trying to change that up to where it's just, you're focusing on your day in day out where you're improving. Um, And this is where I love the the piece of paper and pen where I have my workouts that way. Now we have a team builder, which is great. Um, But I'd love to look at like a piece of paper and it has like a four or five week program on it. And you can kind of, make yourself accountable to say, if this is where I was and we're progressively, you know, if it's some type of linear periodization type model, you can constantly check yourself. So we try to make it where if you're getting better, the team as a whole is going to get better. Um, The humility standpoint, um, just, I try to pull those guys that have been around a while. um, And we got some basketball guys that have been very successful, where now it's like, I'll pull them aside and say, okay, the kid you're lifting with on this rack really needs you today. I need you to push them and kind of push them into a leadership role rather than just thinking uh, about themselves and how much they've won. So, um, those type of things, we do a lot of one-on-one training where after our main moves, if it's a clean, a squat, a press, um, uh, we'll break into groups of two. So it's usually an upper upperclassman, not the younger guy uh, yeah. in the summertime, especially. And then they rotate through the rest of the workout. We might have three stations, um, and a third of them started each spot and they're accountable for counting everybody's reps and sets. So we'll sit back and coach and then we'll count reps and sets randomly. And if your partner's messing up, the whole team gets kicked out of the weight room and there's accountability piece that right. way. So we try to some of those small things where it's not so much about past success. It's about continually improving every day. Um, and same thing with that. Not everybody's gonna be perfect, but if you're an old guy and you're struggling and this young guy that's 18, 19 years old is kicking your butt, um, kind of pushes you to what you can do for that day. So um there's positives both ways where you can you can't sit on your laurels and be happy with winning. Um this young guy's coming from my spot. And usually we either pair him up by position or counter position. So a linebacker with a running back type. Um, oh, nice. Okay. So but those type of things uh for our, but, but it's every sport. It's not just those. Um but I'll say consistency is my biggest thing, if you're showing up on time, doing what you're supposed to do, you have that trust of your teammates for that consistency year round. That's why I think football has been there. Basketball um, has been there. We have guys here all summer long. We had 114 football players here this summer and wow. we got 16 okay. freshmen for life. So We were at 130 dudes for uh, mm-hmm. the last month. So when you have that many people, it's, a, they're pushing each other um, to get better that way and then yeah. on their own. So some of that team building has been huge for us in the past too. So all those things tied in, um, but the accountability and showing up when you're supposed to, um, and saying, doing what you said you're going to do, um, I think has really helped us, um, with our winning. Hopefully. I mean, that's, but it's also hopefully making a better person that way too. So.
0: And definitely. And how do you, and and I know this because I know you personally and I have seen the weight room in Northwest and you, like you said, you had to switch it up this summer because just things you had to, you had to fix in in the building or whatnot. And you're a very humble guy considering your accolades. And I know, I mean, especially in a world full of social media and bravado and all this fake confidence, how do you go make sure your own mental game is where it's at because if anybody has an opportunity to brag, it, like I I, gave it, try to give it to you in your, in your brief intro and in your bio, like just, you know, you're a national championship champion as a player, you're a national champion as a coach. Like you would think, you know, and you'd have your national championship rings on display and everybody will know, like, this is Joe Quinlan, but you know, how do you, how do you approach it? Cause I know, you have a different approach to what's common and what we're seeing in our industry today.
1: Yeah. I, um, I take a lot of delight in winning, no doubt, but it's mm-hmm. I like, we know, I mean, there's so much too with recruiting and coaching um, in those sports. I know it's not all for me, but I know mm-hmm. my, that plays a big role in that, but the accountability of the athletes, I feel like no doubt we have a part of it. Um, but I, I just feel like they're, I don't know. I, I get on social media and I almost, um, it bothers me cause I, I, I don't do enough. I can, I'm very basic programming. We don't do a ton of, um, different things, but we, we try to do it really well. The things we do do. So, um, but I, that's probably the easiest way to it is I, I you kind of want to always try to learn, and, you know, depending on what's going on with life and work, um, just finding that balance and it's challenging to kind of keep up on stuff. So I rely on over COVID, not being, having, going to conferences. I rely on talking to a lot of coaches on the areas that I know that I lack. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not, I wouldn't say being totally humble, but you try to continually get better because, um, there's times it's, it's stressful, um, when you win because you want to keep it there too. So, Mm -hmm. um, those are the things I I just feel like there's so many people that you see out there that brag and do stuff that it blows up in their face. I'm, I know I'm not, you know, the best at certain things, but I'm trying to work on those things. And there's, I mean, I've said it before, there's some GAs that we've had through here, man, they're smart and they are great and they're doing great things right now, but they were smarter than me than (laughs) I am now, like as a director. So there's things I know I do well, uh, as far as building relationships and pushing athletes that way and I'm trying to get better at those things I'm not the best at. So I think that's, you know, humility of looking intrinsically of what motivates you, but also um, things you can continually improve on. Cause um, man, there's just so much out there that ties into success of a team. And if I can find this one angle, uh, that's one thing relationship wise, if I know how to get to kids and motivate them and challenge them and not give up, I feel that's, that's one of the things that we've been uh, good with later in games where we can hopefully withstand and be stronger and uh, better conditioned, but also just fighting together. So mm. I'd say those are the things. And then um, talk about being humble and I just ramble on about it. But the, yeah, it, it's, uh, there's so many things that go into it. But I, I feel like if you can build that foundation of knowing what you're great at and then continue to build on the things you're not great at, because um, there's so much out there. I mean, I look at anything on Twitter and you're like, that's great, <laughs> but I can't yeah. do that tomorrow. I could mm-hmm. probably add a piece of it here and there. Um and not trying to reinvent the wheel too. I mean we squat, we clean, we you know, do bilateral, unilateral. Mm-hmm. It's very basic. But then we try to um just continue to get better. I don't know if that was the best way to finish that. So
0: we'll be right back. The GymWare Power Tool is the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training. The question isn't what does GymWare do, but what it doesn't do. You can perform velocity zones, jump testing, athlete profiling, predictive 1RM analysis, live leaderboards, asymmetry resting, fatigue monitoring, and so much more. Because of the versatility the system offers, coaches can rest assured they're getting the real value for their money. They are the gold standard for velocity-based training with an interface that is easy to follow and a team at Gym Aware that are always top-notch with their customers. For more information, head to the website gymaware.com or contact the Gym Aware team directly. No, I, I, I think I and mean, it's absolutely right. And that's why I told you at the beginning, before we jumped on, on and started recording was yeah, I, what works for you is what's different works for me. And, you know, the, the longer and the more people I talk to in the, in the podcast and just in general, it's just simple is better. I mean, you know, the, the more basic and more bought in and the more you can coach it, the more success. And I mean, how you've seen coaches running the most scientific and everything out there, but And sometimes it just doesn't equal win, so it's always just uh, yeah, take it all in stride. Now I I always appreciate that the humbleness because I knew who you are when I met you because I, you know, worked with Adam Long. So yeah, let me know who you were, and then you know we bumped in each other up in uh, Rapid City. And I, th- I think it was the year you guys won the football and the basketball national champion. I'm like, holy smokes, this is Joe Quinlan. He pulled up in a minivan, and we just, you know, hung out and talked. I was like, you yeah, know, it's surreal. You you found a way to, you know, you know, you definitely could tell you're about relationships and just learning and just, you know, being a, a good person and a good coach. Now, can you talk a little bit about what it's like? and you nailed it on the head earlier when you said it's stressful to win. And it's, you know, when you, there's the expectations there, what is it like working with, you know, you know, men's basketball or a football head coach when you guys have already established a pattern of winning and you go about trying to be a strength coach that essentially we're support staff for those teams. But you know, what it's, what's that relationship like with the head coach?
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's probably my closer relationships with all our coaches or the head coaches, but the, tr- I mean, it's all about trust there. Um, mm. with, with football, I mean, there's always, you always want to be bigger. You always want to be faster. You always want to be stronger. Um, and when they walk through they come through workouts and we're might be slowing it down. and might be doing eccentrics or di- certain things, different days. It's challenging. So it's just a lot of trust. <clears throat> uh, coach right. Um, has been very good to me as far as, he's, when I walked on at Northwest, he was the GA that put me through my nice. workouts.
0: So okay. There you it's go. Kind
1: of crazy That tie there. Now we're, uh, both, um, a little higher up on the uh, important, I don't know. I wouldn't say importance even, but pay yeah. scale. at least. But yeah. The, um, it, we've known each other for a while and he, he can talk to me and he'll pose me questions. And if I can't answer them, like, well, maybe I got to look at that. So we did some different stuff each off season. We've always changed a little bit up. Um, no matter how well the season goes, if we need, and I think it changes every year because of where we're at, we have a, you know, everybody has that super freshman class right now. I think we have mm-hmm. sixty guys or something that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're changing up our in season training for that. Cause it's still a very developmental group. Uh, we have 40 some from our previous year and then we got 20 some 24 coming in right now. Um, so we're changing up those programs a little on, um, those things, but the, I'll say basketball and football late in the season. We change up a lot. Um, we kind of get through camp and then we work back to the strength phase. And then we kind of build um, It's just a different model, but we do about every four weeks, we change up our in-season training. So when we get to postseason, we're hitting a little bit more, but it can be week by week, depending on who we're playing. But um, football, I've got it down. I feel where we can get to postseason and kind of be hitting stride at the right time. Basketball is one that's always challenging, but, Mm -hmm. you know, usually when we get to conference, we're playing three games in four days, Uh, regional, we're playing three games in four days. And then the championship um, round, we're playing three games in four days. So we try to train to prep ourselves for those types of things. So um, coach Mack has been great. Uh, He lets me do a lot. He does a lot with conditioning. He does a lot on his own that way. So I'm kind of feeding off of him in season um, and talking to guys and then uh, we'll do a lot of different types of testing just to make sure they're we'll do hydration we'll do urine analysis type stuff we'll do uh, verts and different things body weights just to kind of see where we're at um, if we're wearing down and different things so some basic stuff but it's just that trust that we've been around each other for so long um, my first year here let's see my second year here i think was coach max first year um, mm. and then rich been here the whole time. He was a strength coach prior to me. So, um, we've known each other a while. So at least if something's gone wrong, we can pull each other aside and, um, Mm. we trust each other to talk about stuff. So there's always challenges with coaches, especially when they're uh, successful. Um, Mm. but that's why I think, you know, we've been around each other enough that they both respect me enough to say, okay, this isn't right. Let's work on this. This is something we need basketball, one thing, this last off season, we wanted to work on is hip mobility. So we started inserting some more stuff that way. Um, so that when they have things that they know are going wrong or they see on the court that they're having issues with, we'll, um, kind of address those and the weights and, um, uh, free and post type workout stuff. So it's, it's challenging, but I'll say the, those coaches probably trust me more than any of the other coaches. Cause. Hmm the other coaches are trying to find out what they need to win. And we're just trying to get, you know, different ways of training ways to motivate people um, where it seems like it's almost tougher for those groups that aren't doing as well uh, to find consistency. So I'm trying to be that consistent. Okay. This is what we're going to do for the next two months type thing. So.
0: Definitely, definitely. And what's one piece of advice you would give to the up and coming coach. So that coach that just got out of a GA or maybe they're going from one internship to another internship and you know, it's, it's that part of their career when they're trying to establish himself. What's one piece of advice you give to that coach?
1: Um, I just want to, you know, make sure it's what you want to get into is one, because we had three, um, uh, interns here this summer that were mm. great, that were out of Northwest. And I had three, um, in Northwest. So we had six entrants this summer. Um, and they're all, you know, somewhat different ones coaching football ones, um, assistant weight room. One's a going to be a senior, um, softball, uh, player, but they, um, all have different, you know, you want to make sure you want to be at the college level and mm. what level you want to be at, because just make sure, you know, kind of check out other avenues. Cause I, I think the, <laughs> what, college football and college sports might look like in five to 10 years from now is going to be crazy, but I think yeah. there's going to be, um, I think a lot of people I've, I've had a assistant for a while. That's he's helping out at the high school. He's coaching football and, um, helping in the weight room here. And he's a, he'd be great at college, but he, he's a great high school coach where, he, um, mm-hmm. you get a lot of hands on level raw kids that way, but check out different avenues. Cause I think everybody says they want to have the big school dreams. That's great. But, um, make sure that's what you want to do. And I'll say it from one standpoint of programming wise, I know what I like to do in the weight room, mm-hmm. what you want to do might be different, but if you come to work for me and you're doing my programs, if you're not completely bought in, that's tough. Where if you go to, you know, even an NAR or a 3 or D2, you might have an opportunity to run your program. And you have a lot more buy-in that way. I feel. Um, and then the hours too. I mean, I I have four kids and Mm -hmm. that's huge to me, uh, to make sure we're home and around is that, you know, my oldest is 15, but make sure you know what you want to do because if you want to have a family, Mm -hmm. guess what? Working six, seven days a week, eight, you know, 12 to 15 hour days, um, isn't the most, productive that way so check out different avenues just make yeah. sure if you know you want to be a big school strength coach go that but I would check out wherever town you look at Maryville Missouri you know we have here I have mm. a private gym a couple private gyms in town we have our high school weight room where I know you can go get an experience and check stuff out we have enough small schools around here you know that are small small high schools you could go check that out maybe you want to be a teacher and a coach that way um, so there's eight man football around here too. So there's plenty of opportunities, no matter where you get an internship, wherever you're doing a GA, you know, talk to your head guy and say, I think I might want high school. Could you give me, you know, half a day on this day to go out to the high school and work with these kids. So um, depending on where our kids are from, we have a lot of kids from, you know, Florida, different areas where they know their high school program was probably one of the most beneficial things in life. So, I don't know. I keep rambling with that, but it's more just understand and try out different areas in the strength and conditioning field, because I love D2. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had opportunities, um, to move and do stuff. And I just don't see it because of with my setup and what I like to do, it's is a little bit of comfort, but it's also, I love being able to be done by a certain time every day, and get home sure. and see my. So, that's my biggest thing for the young people getting in the field: is understand where the field's going. One, um, but also that you want to be at a certain level. Check out different things: high school, college, pro, and see uh, what your peak interest is. Because if you're unhappy where you're at, doesn't matter how much you're getting paid. So.
0: No, that's uh, some great advice. What's some advice you would get to the new head strength coach? You know, it's and I tell my assistants and my interns all the time: it's a completely different ball game when you're in the captain's chair, and that entire all your decisions affects everybody around you. What's some advice you'd give to the uh, uh, a coach that just became a head strength coach?
1: I would say uh, simplify. Mm. And then you can always make it more complex that way, especially if you have a lot of sports teams. Um, But it's crazy. I was in a wedding this last weekend and a couple of my former GAs are in charge of directors at two spots. And this is our first full year. And I mean, even for me, my gut is like every time they go out to practice and stuff, I mean, it's been two years since we've put on pads and played football. Right. But when you know what you just did for the last two years is coming to a head, it, even I get knots in my stomach. Cause you're like, sure. geez, did we do enough? Do we do enough to get here? Do we do enough to get there? And they, it was a g- great talk because they're in the same space. This is our first year at both of these schools. And it's like, dang, like did I do enough? Should I have done this last week and done this two weeks ago? And you know, that's a, a challenge, but understanding there's going to be that stress of mm-hmm. those type of things, but control, you know, document as much as you can. We did a lot with volumes. We don't have anything to, you know, um, to track running volumes, but I did the best I could throughout running and try to progress. Um, and I just want to see if it worked out and it, it is, it's challenging. So for those new coaches, simplify it, but also make good documentation to say, man, this is a mistake by me next year. I'm going to address this. And this is one thing I'll tell people all the time is my first year as head we had eleven left side hamstring strains or tightness, not all strains, in the first couple of weeks at of camp. All defensive side of the ball, and like, what in the heck? So, post season, I changed up and did a lot more unilateral stuff and different um, deceleration drills, and it kind of cleared it up. But man, you have to, especially if it's your first program and you're out there by yourself, you have to start somewhere, um, yeah. mm-hmm. more basic. But I would trust the other thing. This is a couple pieces of advice, but. Condition. We've had people that have taken positions late where they might get a job in July or mid June mm-hmm. and you have like six weeks to camp or seven weeks till camp. Yeah. You can gain strength. You can do a lot of things at that time. But the one thing you cannot miss on is the conditioning level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say, if you're starting off and you only have a couple of weeks, make sure you can kind of build up um, and make sure they're ready to run and stop and jump and different things rather than, so much weight room at that time. So, um, those are some things that I, I feel like I messed up on because those first couple of years, I was always pushing maxes till the end of summer. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't doing as much on the field. Now we kind of tail off at the end of uh, June and then it's basically on field stuff and sprint mechanics, sprint, uh, speed school type stuff. And then, um, cutting out the weight room a little bit more. So, um, those would be as a couple pieces of advice, but <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. No, I think that's great. And yep. And that's come with a, a few other coaches too. just keep things simple. And then you can, like you said, you can always make it a little bit more complicated from there. Once you find out what works now, if you could pick up the phone and call Joe Quinlan from 10 years ago, what would you tell him? Um,
1: <laughs> don't stress so much. And that's, why I, I think it daily, I, I, uh, I stress a lot. I mean, it's just, you know, obviously I think it's not just uh, life, but just family and work Mm -hmm. and stuff is kind of look, you know, focus in on the controllables, no doubt, and try to enjoy the ride. Because even when we've won championships, I I still remember driving back from our championships and I'm already thinking about the next thing. What am I going to do to keep at this level is enjoy stuff, enjoy small victories and weekly wins um, because it's not always there. It isn't always, you kind of take it for granted. Um, but even if you're struggling, your sports are struggling, enjoy those relationships a little bit more. Cause like I said, I was in a wedding this weekend. You see we we're at a table and there's 15 guys at this wedding that either were G- graduate assistants or interned in the weight room with me. And it's just awesome. So mm-hmm enjoy that ride and that's that stress it's going to be there but just enjoy make those relationships enjoy making kids better human beings and um so i don't know that'd be it (laughs) yeah
0: that's great that's uh Yep. Life, life does not have breaks on it at all. Like whether it's in the weight room or, or family or everything. So I, I definitely understand what you're talking about there. So what's one thing you got coming up in the, in the next year that you're excited about? I think the common theme right now with any football team is just like being able to play this sport after, uh, you know, two years down, but what's something you got coming up in, in, in your, in your weight room and your program that you're excited to implement?
1: Um, we're trying to do some more stuff and it's just more talking with my staff about, um, with our sports science department, we're trying to do a little bit more. We're kind of trying to integrate Mm. some stuff. Um, we're tracking data, different things like that. We're trying to push that a little bit more, um, and use our team builder stuff to track things a little bit better. Um, but that's probably my biggest thing. We, we just been, um, kind of inconsistent with our weight room being changed up this summer um, the type of equipment and even testing some of the things we had testing wise were unable, we weren't able to get to. So, um, I don't know. I'm looking more for, um, tracking bar speeds a little bit more, doing stuff like that, where I I feel like that, especially for our level, um, we got the strength thing down pretty well. I feel like we Mm -hmm. push them hard that way. Um, just trying to find that common ground a little bit. So, with our sports uh, science department here, we're trying to do a little bit with that. So if you got anybody that can help with that, <laughs> great to send my way, but those For sure. the biggest thing. We're just trying to get some uh, more tracking that way, where right now we're bringing our phones and then we're trying to work on iPads a little bit more and do that. But I just want to get back to, like you said, somewhat normalcy as far as, you know, in season, off season and uh, enjoyed road trips again, where hopefully we're not, you know, having to shorten our seasons at all, but right. it's just, and I think the kids are the same way. It's just that you love to see them compete and work so hard in the off season to get to do something. And it's heartbreaking when we have, we've had a couple kids that have to, you know, they've chose move on with life, which is huge. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's heartbreaking for them because they worked so hard to kind of get to that last year of performing and playing. So I'm just excited. I love to see our athletes compete especially Those mm-hmm. kids that don't, are behind the scenes a little bit. Those second, third stringers finally get in the game. So uh, it's just nice to, uh, hopefully that will get to being normal, but that's my weight room wise. Our goal is obviously to improve our program a little bit that way, but also just again, just to see that joy and happiness in our guys, um, as they start to compete again. So
0: Oh, that's awesome. And I know, I know Dakota when, when he was running your social guys, yeah, social media, like there's stuff on there, but you know, if, anybody listening what had a follow-up question or just wanted to see more about what was going on at northwest missouri state what's the best way they can contact you or find out what you got going on
1: uh email me
0: okay
1: and you can put it out there like Mm -hmm. the link there but or it's email is probably the best because i i'll open it and usually respond to them i mean people are I always tell this to uh, if I speak around here to high school coaches, just come and watch. Bring athletes in and watch. I mean, I'm fine with that um, because of how we set it up with our main movement. Well, yeah, we'll talk them through that and teach them up. But then after that, we can kind of float a little and actually talk to them about why we're doing certain things. So, but I try to challenge our graduate assistants and interns to um, help with coaches that come in. So, communicating with them in that way. But if they're close enough, come in and you know, I have my GAs. We'll sit down and you'll write out your weight room. And I think the setup of your weight room is one of the biggest things people mm. like flow in your room. And that's, you know, our biggest thing, we have 10 racks, not a ton, but it's pretty dang good. And then we kind of flow to other parts of the weight room. And I think that's one, especially when we have so many teams coming in throughout the day. So, but if, yeah, they want to get a hold of me, a cell phone, you can put my cell phone out there too. It's just, I, if I get 10 text messages or anything that way, but email is probably the easiest. So yeah, i would glad to talk to people. It's just this time of year is kind of crazy, but email wise mm-hmm. I can get back to you or at least send you in the right direction. So
0: for sure. Well, coach, you know, I wanted to say thank you for being on the podcast. I know. I have a lot of respect for you and just about anybody who's anybody that been able to talk to has worked with you in some form or fashion and you know you you impact a lot of a lot of coaches um careers and and lives there in northwest missouri and you, you got something really good going for you there so thanks for you know coming on the podcast and sharing a little bit about you know your culture and how you went about building the, everything out there in that weight room and you know i'm excited to see what you guys got going on this year hopefully uh any of our teams will bump into each other later on in the important games and uh, it'll be a good time.
1: That's, I appreciate your friendship. Always good to talk to you. So
0: yeah, absolutely. Thanks coach. Have a good one. You too. let will see it. Team builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world. Performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use TeamBuilder's built-in questionnaire module, to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. For asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use TeamBuilder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and TeamBuilder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.